And we're back. So, where were we? Um, yeah, I'm just going to start rattling off things that were kind of concerning for me. So, um, one of the things, you know, the narrative was that the things in the Book of Mormon, you know, this is like, even even to this day, like if you look on YouTube, like the church is br like releasing all these videos about the Book of Mormon, and the first slide it says, "Based on his actual historical events." <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay, yeah, like they, the the thing that bothers me is they know, like at the t at the highest levels, they know. In fact, um, there was a general authority recently that just passed away, and his name's Enzio Bushy. And he met with another guy, Grant Palmer, and um, he started like figuring out a lot of this stuff later. But he said that you know when when people become apostles, become apostles, they're they're getting a they get a million dollar bonus, um, and that uh, you know which, whatever like million bucks you know they're they're essentially dedicating their life to the church um it's a lot of money you know but uh on top of you know the hundred thousand dollar plus you know it's it's not a salary it's just a stipend whatever you want to call it plus all travel and everything paid for you know with the intention of preaching the gospel and everything signing bonus bro it's a signing bonus first round draft pick <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for real Uchtdor, who's first round draft pick <laughs> like uh, kobe um uh, R.I.P. Kobe, love you. Um, so, yeah, basically, you know, the there's all these. Um, essentially, the church is like organized, you know, historians and scholars and archaeologists to set out to prove the authenticity of the Book of Mormon, and they all, and, and even credible sources, and uh, you know, they'll say like kind of this new neo-mormonism thing is like okay the book of mormon isn't actually history it's more of a spiritual record so you know people in the church a lot of people in the church are like okay we don't actually like believe it's actual history anymore um but they they did do a lot of dna as evidence into the native americans and uh the camera is Perfect, Tim. It's better. Get my guns in this one. Mm. Should have practiced my flexing routine before. <laughs> um, no, so basically, you know, they've done a lot of DNA evidence on the people in the Americas. And the the roots of, of these people are actually from Asia. And not, it doesn't line up with the narrative that they came from Jerusalem. And so... <laughs> the defense to that from the apologists as well you know we don't know that you can't prove that there isn't you can't put prove that there isn't a group of people that came from jerusalem and set up camp here and you know developed millions of peoples and civilizations and spread out all around the country and you can't prove that there isn't you know so the argument essentially comes down to they put the burden of proof back on you like, well, you can't prove there's not. Um, but um, you can prove that a lot of the people here 
are you know of asiatic descent essentially and so it gets really it gets really like touchy because you know in the church we're we're we talk about like the lamanites which that's what um essentially anybody from north and south america that has like dark skin that's what they're like called and um and the the narrative in the book of mormon is that the nephites who were the white skinned light people and these are the people that had repented and followed jesus and that god because they followed they followed god that god turned their skin light and like in the book of mormon there's like a story about that like that was the goal essentially of the people you know to become righteous and then um they get would get white skin and um and like a lot of the prophets and apostles since joseph smith have kind of like echoed that statement and said like you know even to this day you know the the lamanites who who turn you know become like essentially join the lds church you know they're they're or, or join israel or join you know um are righteous like their skins are getting lighter and i just like uh you know it's like <laughs> that's one i think it's really really touchy with like you're injecting like like essentially a false narrative on the history of the people that lived here that were here before us and that that's not their history like that you know they the native americans and, and the aztec and the incas like that's not the people from the book of mormon so it's like you're you're i don't know i just think that it's kind of you're like making up history and then blanketing like the origins of all these people under you know like a false premise and I, so i think that gets super touchy obviously with race and just the whole um fact that like you know if you're righteous then you'll be white kind of thing like i i just don't i don't believe that i don't think that god's gonna turn somebody you know turn their skin color like it's more advantageous i don't i don't know it's just that's a really obviously touchy subject to get into but I don't um I don't see that. I don't see a god saying like, "Well, you're righteous now, so you get to be white." Um I just think that's so messed up to like every other, you mm-hmm. know, to, to everybody essentially. <laughs> like, well, think of the like times. the rest of the world. Yeah, and think of the times when he wrote this, you know? Like the majority of the people who are going to subscribe to his belief when he's selling a religion at this point, um He's going to sell it to people who are vulnerable and like certain individuals are going to be like, oh, well, I'm white, so I'm righteous. So I should subscribe to this. So because this yeah, is like want, what I should do. This well, you is don't what want I'm to put a for. complex into freaking Marcos over here thinking like if yeah. he repents enough, he's going to have fair skin like me. This like too fair, actually. Don't. <laughs> it's too white. It's right. too white. <laughs> but, I, need, I need a little more melanin. But they can play to that too, because then they can go to individuals who are in like Native American tribes and Native tribes in general, and they can say, "Well, you're the true descendants, so like you can you can you know make it to the celestial level yeah, of heaven." It's it's hard. I mean, you're going. It's you're a strategy. You're, it's marketing, is what it is. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're approaching a whole like you know race and civilization and like 
you know, ancestry of people and saying like, telling them what their history is. And it's not when in, in reality, it's not yeah. that history. And so that's, but a lot of people don't know their own history. It's true. It's yeah. true. So you can play on that. Um, so the doctrine and covenants was a, you know, it's like revelations from Jesus Christ to Joseph Smith. That's the, the premise of it. And, uh, it was basically like changed a whole bunch of times. Um, a lot of the New Testament is in the Doctrine and Covenants. I actually really like the New Testament. Like, there's a lot of really like good stuff in there. I, I, a lot of good scriptures, a lot of inspiring scriptures. Like, and and I and I appreciate the Doctrine and Covenants. But um, one thing that I that, that definitely did bother me was um, the Kinderhook plates. So I had never heard about these. The Kinderhook plates were, um, have you, yeah. <laughs> Tim doesn't even know, and he was raised in the church. Yeah, no, I didn't but. know, and I was raised <laughs> in the church. <laughs> yeah. um, so the um, so the Kinderhook plates. Basically, what happened was you have um, this group of guys, and they're like, "All right, if this guy's a prophet, um, he should be able to, you know, what's we're gonna try to catch him to see if he's like a legit like translator prophet." Because word got around in the area that he was he had translated these plates, right? And so what they did was. They took some metal plates and they used like this this process called etching. Um, like they poured, it was like a, a certain compound on it, essentially where they they etched like these these ancient hieroglyphics into these plates, buried them, went and buried them, and then they cut they covered them up and and uh, then they're out digging one day. They made sure there was a bunch of people around, and they're like, oh my goodness. We found these ancient plates, <laughs> and, and then the people are like, "Wait, we know who to call. Like Joseph Smith can translate them." And so they bring in Joseph Smith, and Joseph Smith's like, <clears throat> "So, <laughs> no, this is what he does for real." And yeah. So he's like, "What we have here is, um, so he the translation he gives is like he's like, this was a descendant of Ham, which is a, a tribe of Israel." This was a descendant of Ham, and he has now claimed his throne with the eternal God. Like, that's what the, the character said, right? Yeah. So he tells everybody this. He tells, like, all the people. He's, like, he translates it. And these and, people uh, just made up a bunch of bullshit on the <laughs> 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 Excuse my language. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so they made up a bunch of crap, and and um, and they're, like, ha, busted. And um, so he's, he's like, um. Let me find the water on the property real <laughs> yeah, quick, so, and I'll prove to so you. So I'm like, all right, some gold around so, here too. So as a believer, like my mindset's like, okay, you know, because in the church you're like, well, sometimes prophets speak as a man, and sometimes they speak as a prophet. You know, so there's like we're supposed to delineate what's going on, right? Because, yeah. but it's interesting in the church, like a prophet multiple times has said, you know, you have to, you know, like. Black people are essentially, you know, not they're going to be servants in heaven. That's the highest thing they get. And um, and but then you know the modern church now now they're saying like, oh, um, that. But he was speaking as a prophet at the time, like Brigham Young. Doctrine. Said, yeah, like this is like this is it. And you also, and if you want to go to heaven, like you have to be practicing polygamy, like you have to. Like people that don't will not get the highest blessings of God, right? And, but now it's like, well, you know, he was speaking as a man or, or they're disavowed, right? 
so that's another kind of issue that that really like hit home with me it was just like um this is a constant flip-flopping of narratives throughout history um you know the, with the whole you know race and the priesthood thing like black people weren't allowed to get the priesthood until a certain amount of time and and it was this big miraculous thing in the 70s when you know the prophet prayed about it and the black people were ready for the priesthood right when the priesthood just for context is like the only authority given to like baptize to get and and lds church and also the catholic church they both, and blessings yeah give blessings give um uh, you know, give, uh, essentially to, the authority to administer Jesus church, essentially. Yeah. And these apostles, you know, LDS people like consider them like the apostles of Jesus Christ. Like they're them. And, and, uh, you know, I'm as growing up, like you just kind of whispered like, yeah, like, you know, they see Jesus on a regular basis. And, um, so, you know, y y you're just like assuming that, right. There's actually a podcast of uh, one of, one of the general authority, one of the twelve apostles is like nah like none of us have like seen Christ but um, you know and he like basically said it right there and for me I was like oh dang because you, you kind of have this assumption as a member but um, anyways what were we talking about we we're oh yeah so the Kinderhook Blades so basically they um, the the uh, scholars at BYU went back and they analyzed the the plate, the kinderhook plates, and they were like indeed a fraud. And um, so my thing is like with Joseph, like, okay, if you're acting as a man, and this is this is me trying to process all this stuff as still like really believing. I'm like, okay, but I'm still, I'm questioning, I'm like, why are you going to lie to people? Like if you don't have a translation, like if you don't know, like it's okay, you know? Or like if these are, if these characters, like why are you speaking for God? Yeah, why would and, you even do that even if you're speaking as a man and you know you're speaking as yeah, a man? Yeah, it's like, why are you point? lying to people, bro? Like, that's it. Like, why are you lying to these people? You know, and that's, um, and, and you know, people bought it. And which leads into the next thing is um, Joseph. So those have been confirmed a fraud. So I'm like, okay. So uh, um, basically Joseph bought a an ancient Egyptian text. There was a traveling salesman that came through town and he bought this ancient like text essentially from Egypt and uh, he translated it into now what's in the scripture to, to this day in the canon, like what um, Latter-day Saints uses um, part of their scripture, the Bible, the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Revelation of Joseph Smith, and then the, um, the Pearl of Great Price, which contains like the Book of Abraham. And, uh, you know, supposedly it's, it's the book of Abraham. It's the revelations from Abraham and, and Moses and everything. And, um, well, uh, you know, at the time, so he translated it and basically uh, he came up with his own translation method for translating Egyptian. And if you, like, look at the letters, like, it's basically just the alphabet spelled out but just like turned or added with a dot or like like it's really funny you can see like his his egyptian characters like he he created this like codex essentially of like when he looked at the egyptian he used like this codex to like translate the egyptian and everything um it's actually really hilarious you use like it's literally the abcs but just like added a curl and like a dot and then like these little like egyptian figure anyways so he used this to translate the book of abraham um and that's, that's scripture in the church. That is like doctrine. That scripture, it contains, you know, the word of God. 
and everything. And um, but he took this papyri, and it's like this it's this map essentially, this ancient this Egyptian. Um, cir- there's a circle, and there's a bunch of symbolism in it. And when he got it, he actually drew in, <laughs> he hand drew in like there was a, a chunk of it missing. And he hand drew in um, like what he thought the rest of the symbol was, and uh, <laughs> just like this bad like like line drawing essentially. And um, you know it was inspired. He got it. Um, it was inspired. But basically, what happened is, um, you know, with with the revelation of uh, the Rosetta Stone and how far history's come, like you have very credible Egyptologists that are able to look at things and be like, oh yeah, this is what this is. And so since at the time they had no way to verify that what Joseph was translating from this papyri, this ancient papyri, that he um, – there's no way to verify. It's like, okay, this is the word of God. You're a prophet. You know, we're going to roll with it. Um, well, it's the Egyptologists now and even within the church fully acknowledge that um, the papyri that he had was a – it's a very common funerary text from – um, from Egypt and it's not Christian at all. It's, uh, it's like, uh, it's like, I can't remember the, um, like a generic handout. It essentially like every, in, in Egypt, you know, you would get this kind of like a, you would get this if you died, essentially you would get this. It was like a very, very common thing. And there's lots of them that they can cross reference and, and, um, and this they know is buried, exactly what it says. This is buried with the individual or is this handed out to the guest at the funeral? Kind of like a, funeral like a pamphlet. Text. Yeah. I don't know the specifics of it, but it's just, um, what Joseph But it's Smith, very common. Yeah. Super common. It's a common funerary text <laughs> from Egypt. And Joseph essentially used that as the book of Abraham, like as, as translated material. And it's come out that no, it has actually nothing to do with anything related to any translation that you gave and um and so for me i'm like okay oh the thing that really hit me though was the church on their website on lds.org um openly acknowledges that the the translation of the book of abraham was not based on a correct translation that they basically acknowledge that it's not what it says it is essentially and so i'm like okay then why um why are why is it still in the canon like why is it still in the the deck of scriptures like why is it still you know if the church itself kind of like disavows or dis you know discredits you know this translation essentially so and that's frustrating because you you got to realize, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, too, like you, you, I'm spending so much of my life and my, like the church is a commitment and, you know, on a personal level, it, it hurts because I've spent so much of my time and life and I don't regret all of it. I don't, um, but I've given a lot of money and a lot of time under these, um, under the impression, you know, that, that the, the church, like that, you know, what, what was being taught essentially is true. Right. And if you, it's like, if false you know, narrative. yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm completely living my life on a false narrative and, and that's like so devastating and it's really frustrating. And, 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 uh, you know, there's a saying in the church, like, just like when, when you're within the church, it's like people that leave the church, they can't leave it alone. Well, I mean, you think about like all of the pioneers essentially that trekked across the United States 
under the same false pretenses that lost family members and children and thousands of people died. Like don't the Mountain Meadows massacre, Brigham Young, he sent down a bunch of um, a bunch of people dressed like Indians and massacred this group of people, like completely like just bloody slaughtered this innocent group of people trying to make their way across Utah because like they were, they were under um, historically speaking, like they had moved out there and they were under like super defensive mode. You know, they had, they had been persecuted out East, which is one of the reasons they came out West, but just like so much death and so much sadness you know, because under under a lie, like you're operating under like these these false lies, and it just makes me really sad. Anyways, they all these Indian guy, well Indians, they dressed, they literally painted their face like Indians, and then massacred all these people. They took the young children, and the way that you know we essentially found out about it was like a lot of the children remembered what happened, and um, you know, essentially told what happened later, and, and it was all confirmed. But super super dark stuff. Um, so, okay. So it's like, you're, you're telling me that you acknowledge the Kinderhook plates or like, he lied about that. You, he lied about the book of more, or, uh, he lied about the book of Abraham and you expect me to believe like one out of the three, like of the, of the text that's coming from this guy who's, um, yeah, it's, it's just hard. It's hard to stomach. Uh, it's really hard to stomach. Yeah, man, that shakes you up, bro. That's Sh- all you know, you man. Up, bro. Shakes like, you up. Like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait, hold up. <laughs> That's a lot to take in, man, especially when you're, you know, you're raised and told, you only know what you know, right? Like, yeah. you could raise a kid in a box, like an animal, and you let him out at, like, you know, 20 years old. Uh, all they know is a box, dude. <laughs> they don't know how to socialize. They don't know anything about the world around them. All they know is a box. And if you're raised in a box um, and you realize there are other things out there, like that could really mesh up. And that's a long time. You were how old when you started so researching I'm, this? So I'm, I'll be 34 this year. I was, you know, 33, like Dude. 32. I mean, yeah, like this is most of my life. So um, I, and I, and I don't want to um, give the impression that I, um, like, I know that my family is sincere. You know what I mean? Like, I know that, and I know yours is too. Like, I, um, like everybody does the best with the knowledge they have. I really believe that. Like, you're operating under a certain paradigm, and it's all you can do. I mean, that's, you, you know what you know, like you said, and you can, and, and you do your best with that. And I, and I really, you know, that's, I don't fault anybody for that. What, what, what is frustrating is the people that do know, and, and when all of this stuff has been, when this stuff is raised, like in the church, um, when you start talking about this stuff, you know, John DeLynn has on lots of people that these are sincere questions. Like, hey, what's going on here? Like, what happened here? Um, and you start looking at this stuff from a very, like, believing, sincere place and asking questions. And the, the sad thing to me is when you, question and historically what's happened a lot of people that have brought up stuff like for example that joseph f smith um he tore a page um out of one of the historical documents talking about how joseph used a rock and a hat and like he they didn't want people to know that because it's 
it's weird. So it doesn't, it doesn't fit, yeah, it doesn't fit to the narrative. And you know, the Tanners called him out on it later and he, there's literally tape on it. He taped the page back on. Um, but, uh, the people that have tried to hold, um, the church accountable for essentially obfuscating, I I read that word. I don't want to say obfuscating, I'm hiding, whitewashing, gaslighting people that, you know, genuinely have concerns and questions about the church is, is hard for me. You know, there's been a lot, a lot of people that essentially bring up questions and they get excommunicated. They, you know, they bring up current or they start talking about it on Facebook. Yeah. Excommunicated. Um, there is a lot of people that, and and, you know, there's a lot of groups now of, of people kind of learning all this stuff because it does affect how you live your life. Like if, if there's one thing I would prefer to be right on, it's like a worldview, you know, how you operate your life essentially. And I want to have the most correct information in my worldview. Right. And so I think that's what, you know, the big, like there's a guy, uh, Sam Young. So he's, he's one of the more recent guys. Um, he brought attention to the fact that like when you're a teenager, you sit behind closed doors with a lot of, um, with like leadership, essentially, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, generally speaking, the church is full of incredible people, but just like any organization you have, you know, your creeps and, um, you know, people get caught and sex scandals and sex abuse and like um you know the church is dedicated millions of dollars to covering that store covering all of those like sex abuse stories up um specifically that you know i can think of a there was a book written by a lady who was like abused essentially her whole life by a you know a very high ranking member of the church and and as somebody who has um experience that not from anybody from my immediate family but like somebody I trust and um you know experienced uh some of that sexual abuse like you uh it's so devastating it's so traumatizing and and the most helpless thing as somebody that experiences like that kind of trauma uh is when the person that uh, you know that hurt you essentially is covered for you know, and, um, and, uh, it's like, you don't have a voice essentially. And and I think there's a lot of people that feel that way, you know, that they don't, they haven't had a voice like of, of somebody who violated that trust. But anyway, so Sam Young, he's a guy that he, he basically says, look, it's not appropriate for teenagers to be alone with leadership of the church. And, uh, um, and because essentially what happens is in, in LDS churches, you, you're asked about your from a fairly early age when you're a teenager. I mean, my, my bishop did. He would be like, well, are you masturbating? Like, and then he'd be like, well, did you orgasm? Yeah. What like, position uh, were you in? Where were you at in the house? Yeah. Weird. Just like really specific, like, yeah. like, does it matter? Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. confess to you that I feel bad, bro. I feel, you know. Like I'm trying to, and as a young kid, you're like, you know, a, you're taught that like the bishop stands in for Jesus. So it's like Jesus asking you these questions and you, you operate They're authoritative. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you operate with that paradigm of like, you know, this is um, a man that I, that I trust. And like 90, 90, like most of them are just good. Like a, a lot of the, most of the lower clergy in the church 
are not paid. You know, I look at, um, you know, my family who's dedicated thousands of hours to the church, having a full-time job and then another full-time job to the, In church. the church. Yeah. And it's like prepping it, lessons and taking care of kids lessons yeah there's just a never ending amount of things. scouts and, and, back in the day mm-hmm. yeah and, and and it is from a place of sincerity to help people to serve people and 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 i think within the community of the church just like people to people it, it is nice to have like i guess a community to to rely on if you get you know if you have a baby you're gonna have like a bunch of ladies showing up at the door with some food you know just like so there's a lot of like really lot positive of kindness and, yes. and everything like that. But there's also a dark side. Um, yeah. You have people that j- just say like, Hey, you know, I'm not comfortable having my kid, you know, be asked about masturbation by, you know, some, you know, this older man alone, dude. alone in a, in a room. And you know, it's valid. Like I think, you know, and, and, but the issue is a lot of these people, um, they do get excommunicated. Um, and Dude, I have some crazy experiences because I went to an LDS school, and I've got some experiences where girls would tell me some of the questions that were asked in those meetings, and I was like, even at a young age when I had a really dirty mind, and I was like, I didn't think it through, like, that's creepy, creepy, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, that just makes sense, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's what he's asking you. But when I when I think back on it, even my ex wife before we got married, you know, to get her temple recommend, um, she she told me some of the questions she was asked, and I was like, that's that's even at that age when I was like twenty five, I was like, dude, that's not a normal question to ask somebody. That's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Like, why would he ask you that? Mm-hmm. Like, instead of address the sin in like totality, you mm-hmm. know, like a general sin, like. Um, whatever it might be um, to dive deeper into it to me it gave me a really weird feeling I was like that's not that's like that's not right well yeah (laughs) don't ask a girl that there's a there's a lot of like accounts of people that are you know and me included like I was you know I sat in on those interviews and it's like well when's the last time you looked at porn when's the last time you masturbated and then you're kind of like oh man this is weird and then Mm -hmm. you and then it's like, or I remember confessing, like, you know, I had messed around with a girl and he's like, well, did you have an orgasm? And I was like, yes. And he's like, <laughs> I was just yeah. like, why? Why, why do you why? care? Like, yeah. what is it? Like, I, it was, it was sexual sin. Okay. It? Yeah. It was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a kid, you're just like, I, I just roll with it, you know? And I just. What did it feel like? Did or, you feel good or bad? Or, or you know, the, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a lot of accounts of like the a very inappropriate questioning i mean just like for boys and girls just like the digging digging describing it's like okay like anyways but when I'm, you give up not, your I, vulnerability though it's control man because as you get older and when you're younger and you feel comfortable with answering those it's a conditioning they're grooming you to like continue that because it creates a complex and my this is how i think of it psychologically right mm-hmm. it creates a complex to where they know the entirety of my life they they know the intimacies of my life they know everything i do how i do it why i do it Mm -hmm. how i feel when i do it they have full control over you at that point you know what i'm saying so like you feel obligated to 
continue to be loyal and dedicated and to pay your tithing mm -hmm. and to like do all these other things and and contribute back to the church whether it's fiscally or um, whether it's through your time and your service which they demand quite a bit of and you've talked about that um, but that's how I feel I don't know I, Absolutely. I break that down uh, maybe at a different angle than some people but I feel like it's just another method of control well it's you know when you're when you're really believing it's like you do place these men in authority um, you put them on a pedestal because you believe that they are called of God and uh, and when you know when somebody's called of God it's like hey they're there for a reason and I actually really do believe that there is influence like that you know that God can help guide you know the sincere person to help other people right like if somebody's sincerely doing the best with the knowledge they have and they want to um, be a good bishop be a good um, whatever their calling is whatever you know I do think that like the sincerity is, is the point I guess that you know they're trying to be good people but anyways there's main point being um, you uh, there's just the, the thing that's uh, I think a little bit more that is frustrating for me is people that bring all of this stuff up as sincere seekers are often you you never talk about this stuff like in church you cannot bring this up and if you do it's just like okay it's like be quiet and don't don't rock the boat you know what i mean it's just a very don't rock the boat don't talk about the history don't talk about all this stuff you know you have testimony meeting once every once every month right where people get up you know the parents like bring their kids up and they're all right all right tommy Tell him you know that. Tell him you know Joseph Smith was a prophet. Yeah. And Tommy's like, you know, eight years old. He's like, I know Joseph Smith was a prophet. I know it. And they're like, All right, Tommy, tell him you know. <laughs> tell him you know. Like the mom's whispering in the ear. <laughs> Tommy, tell him you know the Book of Mormon is true. That you know it. <laughs> Tommy's like, I know the Book of Mormon is true. And yeah. grounded if you don't. Because <laughs> like, we Tommy, gotta eat bees. Tommy, we are we are one of the the pillar families in this <laughs> in this ward and if you don't have faith Tommy it's gonna reflect very badly on us so you tell him that you know and dad's gonna drink that whole pint when he gets home <laughs> you do not tell him that your father has had a cup of coffee last week yeah <laughs> I'm drinking cause I will lose my position Tommy Dr. Pepper all day <laughs> okay we can talk about that for a minute so so this is a kind of a paradox I you know um a girl I dated, like, really, you know, she's like, okay. So, and, I, and I'm trying to explain to her, like, no, it's fine. Like, it's totally normal. Like, you can drink coffee. You can't drink coffee in the church. You can't drink tea. Um, but you can slam a freaking big big slam, big jug from 7-Eleven. You know, like a 64-ounce, like, a gallon of Coke and uh so, because in the church there's the word of wisdom, which was given to Joseph Smith, um, which is actually very similar to another health movement that was happening at the time. Um, so, you know, critics of the church will say like this is not original. Like this is um, there was I can't remember the name of the group. They it was like a health movement at the time, and uh, it was essentially the word of wisdom. But, anyways, um, they uh, it 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 doesn't make because coffee is not 
you you won't lose your Tepo recommend. Like if you're um, if you, you can drink decaf coffee, but caffeine you, you like you won't get in trouble if you drink decaf coffee, but caffeine isn't against the word of wisdom. And uh, I just I don't know I think it's hilarious. And I've told I've told people in the church like even as a believer like when I was like dude, if you look at our freaking look at the congregation like people are fat bro <laughs> like people like we we need to. We yeah. need to chill as a as a people on the food. Like it's like okay, you know, but they no, do. no coffee. They, or they tea. are a big people. Like I think about it. A lot of <laughs> there's them, just a lot yeah, of yeah, a lot like of foods. The food. thing, right? You yeah. get, no, no, no drugs, alcohol, and I respect. I, honestly, I really do like respect the you know the teaching of like no drugs, no alcohol, and I'm grateful that I was because I you know I I think by nature am a partier, and I yeah. had I been you know I know I would have drank a lot more alcohol and partied a lot more you know if uh if i if i didn't have you know very structured uh you know upbringing so i am grateful for that i think it did keep me out of a lot of trouble um but there's just i mean there's just little things like that that don't they it like doesn't god make sense. god's like yeah it's like okay you know it's because they own a bunch of steak and like coca-cola so that's why you can drink as much coke as you want because the church is going to make money on it but so. um but no there's one thing i do want to address though that mm-hmm. has bothered me greatly about the church mm-hmm. you can't go get like a tattoo right a tattoo is shunned upon but mm-hmm. these stay-at-home moms can go and get their their boobs Sure. You know, yeah, they uh, can go get Botox. Like they can like do body super... modification. Yeah, Utah's like the place to it's go. Like, yeah, it's like one yeah. of the top places. Yeah, breast, Salt Lake is like one of the for cosmetic surgery. Yeah, sure. and uh, one thing that's always really bothered me is like, all right, so I can't go get a tattoo because that's you know changing my temple. Mm-hmm. But my wife can go and get a tummy tuck and get her boobs done i'm not married but if i was married you know i i could pay to get new lips on her new cheeks i can get this i can transform this whole body and that's totally fine but i can't go get a tattoo i can't get a star on my wrist you know if i wanted a star or like a unicorn on my shoulder you know like i can't go do that but these women can go do this other stuff or men like you can do all kinds of like cosmetic stuff yeah bro i got my dick enlarged like 10 times bro <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm, just, I'm just i'm just cut yeah. that out cut yeah i had to shrink mine dude. <laughs> yeah, I, had I, shrink mine. I, I, mean, I mean after a couple reductions of course yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get that tommy lee link over there <laughs> um <laughs> but no, that that's one thing that really has. Sure, yeah, I that's thought valid. about that. I'm I mean, like, that's dude. a valid. Like logically, it's like why can you uh, why can you yeah. augment your body and it's fine, and I can't put a tattoo. Like personally, yeah, yeah no, that's a that's a very fair point. I personally, you know, I like don't have any tattoos, um, and I my. I have no desire to get. Yeah, tattoos. well, the thing is, yeah, and it's Sorry. not because I'm like I I'm like I, you know whatever if you want to get a tattoo whatever, but um, I. Uh, like my taste changed so much and like my paradigm, my, th- the way I think about it is like, it's like changing. It's like putting a screensaver on my phone and never being able to change it. And I don't know. I just like, I change as a person over the years and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people get tattoos that mean something to them and, and that's good. I don't know. It's maybe uh, in the context. Yes. That sure. does make a lot of sense. Sure. sure. Yeah. I just, but like, if you get boobs, you still like, if you don't want big old boobs anymore, you know, like, yeah. and they're like triple D's and you only did it cause your husband <laughs> paid for him and he sure. wanted to have that. And you're tired of 
bearing that weight yeah. around and you're not married to him anymore, you know, to get a reduction, it would be the same as going in for laser treatment. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, no, like I, I definitely see your logic. Like mm -hmm. I think it's sound logic for sure. But yeah, totally with, with the comp, as far as the context of, um, your debate, um, yeah, that totally makes sense. A hundred percent. I didn't. Well, yeah, no, that's, like that. and that's just a personal thing. I mean, my taste changed so much that like, I don't know. If I did get a tattoo, it'd probably be like my last name across my back or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Big old, you know, like the Ben Affleck, a dragon, <laughs> a colorful dragon all the way down his back. Oh, I would <laughs> just definitely drunk. I would get teardrops and I would yeah, just oh, go yeah. sleep oh, yeah. out. Definitely I'd get crazy. I'd look like I've done time. Um, I'd let everybody know that what? I will kill him. The post Malone. Post Malone yeah, post look. Malone. I love yeah. that look. Tap my whole face, my, my skull, <laughs> shave myself bald. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I'd go that's it man and i don't like needles too i don't think i could yeah it's painful, but um so yes what's the next thing what's the next thing i wanted to talk about there's so much crap on my ish um so i do uh, one of the things that um you know we we talked on we, t we can talk you mentioned tithing like so in order to go to the temple you need to pay 10 percent of your money like that's one of the questions to get your recommend to go to the temple is like are you paying a uh, a 10 percent tithe you know a lot of people and this people actually been talking about this lately is like there's this thing in the church called tithing settlements where you bring your family and declare to the bishop he's kind of the, the pastor of the ward right um that whether you're a full t like declare before god whether you're a full tithe payer or not and a lot of people have an issue with that like hey you're gonna embarrass me in front of my family <laughs> like that i didn't pay a full tithe. anyways so i just i i uh the reason i have more of an issue with tithing, like one you know as i kind of like realized a lot of the stuff like i don't think god needs your money to go to heaven one and i don't think that you um you know i i've seen so many families struggle to, you know they'll pay their tithing over like food or over rent or over um and it's like that is almost irresponsible and some you know and they do it with faith they say like god will take care of me and you know they pay their money and stuff um but uh the, th the biggest thing i have a problem with is like so earlier this year um a guy leaked there's a there's a hedge fund called um enzyme capital and they manage it's the accounting firm that leaked earlier. It's a hedge fund. They manage the f tithing funds. Okay. And so it's been, the church has kept it under super secret wraps, like not knowing, you know, and, and for good reason, like, uh, and, and specifically when the church got called out on it and they didn't want people to know about one, how much money they had and two, how much and where it was invested uh, because, and, and I quote from a church representative, like they didn't want people to stop paying tithing. And so, um, the way I think about it is like, uh, th so th the guy leaked out the guy that one of the managers of the hedge fund, he's like, look, I have a, he had a problem with this. Like ethically, he had a problem with this. Like you, you they have $120 billion of people's tithing money. That's wrapped up in the stock market essentially invested in companies like visa 
banks, you know, a lot of the, you know, fortune 500 companies, you know, which, which includes whether it's, whether it's from a, like a mutual fund or, or like some others, you have a lot of these big companies in there. Um, and, and I can't verify for sure, but like, I know a lot of mutual funds carry like the Nikes, the, the Victoria's secret, some of these, um, these bigger companies, but I, for sure, like they're, they're invested in Visa and Chase. And there's a list you can look at, like a lot of the companies are invested in, you know, not to mention all of the, they own a huge like percentage of Florida, like the real estate in Florida. They just own like massive land masses and, and not including all the people that like when they die, they literally like will over their house and like everything they owned the church. Very common thing with old people and, um, and not, and it doesn't go to the family. It goes to the church, which I think is mm-hmm. very unethical too. Um, and, uh, so, you and know, how, this, I'm, I'm sorry. How do they get away with that? They just like kind of like talk them into, if you give us your property, I mean, and no, we, no listen, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about this. Like, this is like, can this can be like very offensive to talk about just because of the sacred nature of it. But in the temple, you, um, you, you swear, you swear that you will dedicate your lifetime talents um, to specifically, and I thought this was weird. Like, look, like looking back on this, I actually did like think this was really weird. I was like, you know, when you take out your endowment, your like covenant with God, essentially, um, th- it's w- like one of the highest covenants besides entering into the new and everlasting covenant of marriage, which is plural marriage. Um, you, uh, you swear your t- every all of your time, all of your talents. And everything you own, essentially, to specifically the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So it's like a personal contract. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, you say that, like, in your temple. That's, like, the yeah. vow you make. And, and, so, and people, like, literally, like, everything I own is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I, the thing that kind of bothers me about that is, like, that's the name of the corporation. Like, that's the name. Like, you're swearing all of your assets mm. over to a corporation to and a tax-free corporation <laughs> and tax-free and, uh, and yeah. you, it, it's like but you know i did it with like real intent like no this is jesus church like jesus keep everything out like i'm fine with that um but i just i i thought the wording was interesting like when, when going through it it's like why isn't it like you swear all your time talents to, to god to jesus you know it's like no the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints which you know <laughs> yeah i've worked hard for what i have and i can tell you jesus did not have any part of it because he hasn't had any part in the last like five years of my life it, that i know of and that i felt you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. dude um, that is so sad that so, is very unfortunate well, well, well what happened i mean that's a, that's a real thing like people give everything they own including their houses and not to their family in many cases who i think it belongs to like they're they're next to kin right and mm-hmm. Um, but it goes to the church and, and the church, the church doesn't need it. So here, here's the thing is it's a long way of saying is like the church in the Bible. There's a verse that says that a lo- there's a lot of essentially organizations um, and, and um, organizations of man that are built up and they, they grind the faces of the poor. Like they they take advantage of poor people basically. And I think who, you know, banks are, notoriously guilty of lying taking advantage of people and and just um you know with the whole fractional reserve lending i mean you get really deep in the federal reserve stuff but just like banks are one of the most corrupt organizations in the world visa credit card companies and like we have like and, and this isn't just like investments 
from the church. This is people's like verified tithing money. This is like the, you know, the poor lady in Venezuela who couldn't pay her rent, who couldn't pay her kids food that with faith, you know, is giving money to this hedge fund that every day makes millions and millions of dollars every day in interest. And the church comes out and say, no, like every year we give at least, you know, $40 million a year to, 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 um, 40 million, you know, and this year they gave more with the masks and humanitarian. Yeah. Yeah. Like we know we give like millions of dollars, but when you look at like respectively, like that's like a day or two's worth of interest. That's like a very tiny, it's like a scratch of of what they, and something came out that even said that they what is it less than five percent of all their fast fast tithes are um th- that are guaranteed to go to humanitarian aid it's like less than one percent i think Dude, like, it's that nothing, was the number bro. that it's came nothing. out nothing yeah. here's the thing is like i asked the church one time i went to my bishop and i was like hey man i can't pay my rent I'm totally broke this month can you help me and because i've given so much money to the church over the years um and uh, even when, you know, I had a really good job, it was like, um, anyways, so I, I asked him and he's like, yeah. And, and the thing that's, and I asked him about this, but like basically tithing money, the 10% that people give, it doesn't actually go to support the local congregation. The, the money that supports the local congregation is, is fast offerings, which is asked for in addition to tithing. Like you give up one meal a day. People give the money that they would spend on that meal, like because they're fasting, mm-hmm. and that's like the ward fund to help other people. And you know, and and he, you know, to their credit, like I was very grateful they helped me pay one or two months. And when I asked for the, you know, I was, I asked for the third month. I was like, can you help me one more month? And they're like, no, like it's whatever. You need to, you know, they just they said get a job and pay your time. Get a job, you hippie. Yeah. And uh, so it was ten percent. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't get it again. And it's just, it's frustrating because, and it was kind of hard for me too, because I was like, okay, the money that is actually paying my rent is, is people's local, like people around like this neighborhood that they've given on top of their tithing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it wasn't the tithing money that I had given. So I, I was like, I didn't feel bad at all asking for it. I didn't because I had spent, you know, spent like, you've given I've been money faithful to pay for so long. And y- yeah, yeah. And it's just like, man, really, you guys are going to like bust my balls about, you know, another months of rent of tithing so the the frustrating thing um about it to me is how much like what what could be done with that much money and and the the defense of this and the church is like well it's the lord's church so it it better be like the richest organization in the world and that's fair like if if you know it's jesus church okay but there are so many problems in this world like 120 billion dollars and the only other time they use this fund the only other time they use money from this fund $120 billion was one to, to build city Creek mall, which is a for-profit enterprise and two to build, um, to bail out their own, um, insurance. They have like their own insurance company and, um, they used it as they For, used like treasurers. And yeah. Stuff. And it's just like, man. Okay. And then the, the other thing is if you're invested in company like Nike and Victoria's secret and a lot of these big, like clothing brands just got busted for, utilizing the Uyghur, I don't even know how to say it, the Uyghur Muslims in in China or like overseas essentially for for human um for human labor. Like for cheap human labor. These are the like, ones in camps in China. Yeah. The, yeah. Um they were they've been utilizing like essentially human traffic. Like these people are slaves and they've been utilizing them to like 
essentially make their clothes like they're in like concentration cheap. work they're camps. in concentration they're in, like, work, work camps, camps which is which is human slavery 100 yeah. percent. and so in my mind my tithing dollar is funding like is like supporting human trafficking essentially with you know i mean that's it's kind of prison a long labor. way to say yeah like prison labor it's like okay you're and 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 organizations that are grinding the faces of the poor that are like ma- making people's lives harder and i just don't support like a lot of these big corporations like how they operate ethically um and 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 we're like my tithing money is wrapped up and growing in you know essentially funding making them, them money making for them for money. profit organizations yeah for for profit exactly and so that just like I mean that's how I look at it and and but it is a it's a very traceable route of like my dollar goes to you know Enzyme Peaks Capitals Fund which is one of like there's multiple and um and which goes to do the stock market which goes you know to like just the S and P five hundred a lot of these major corporations who you know it's I don't know man it's dirty I think it's dirty dude that's super dirty mm-hmm. that blows my mind i never even knew that man never even well thought about it, that. And, and they they didn't want people to know. i don't think they wanted people to know that because they specifically said we don't want people to know how much money we have because yeah. we don't want people to stop paying their tithing and i just like man i think about you know my family members like how much like what if you were taking 10 percent of your money and investing it in the stock market for the last you know 30 years or something yeah. like how much better off would you be rather than lining the pockets of these you know corporations essentially um and you know p- the argument with that is like look i all that matters is that i give 10 percent, and like the lord's gonna bless me and and i and i do think that that is a sincere thing that people do is like like give they don't really care how it's spent and but one of the narratives on my mission like one and what we were told too is like and I feel bad about saying this now, but we told people on our mission, I remember hearing this repeatedly too, like the thing about the LDS church, like when you give money to the LDS church, every single penny of it is go, you know, goes to like helping people because we don't have a paid clergy, which we do. It's just, you have to be in the upper echelons. Um, and, uh, but the majority of it is, you know, lay labor. It's, uh, it's, um, it's free labor, essentially. So slavery, <laughs> but people don't know they're slaves, man. <laughs> they don't. Dude. You know, you know, people. They're told to pe- do it. People give from their heart of their time and their talents freely um, from their heart. And, and that's and, what and they're I, told they should do. Well, I mean, no, that they really are. Like a lot of people are, are sincere about the money and the and the and the, um, the time they give to help other people. Like they're doing it with a sincere heart. It's just for me when i'm like okay if my dollar is going to fund you know human slavery like yeah oh, i'm not going to give you a dollar you know yeah or i'll just put it in the stock market myself you know um right. into like things i believe in um and but a lot of people don't know that they don't know that and uh so i it's you know kind of dramatic um kind of connected the dots in my own mind but um yeah yas um yeah whew. <laughs> We kind of got off on a tangent. We we're tangential, <laughs> tangential. But that's just a, it is so, well. It's a very sensitive. It's, it's Anyways, a, yeah, we're gonna raise tithing this topic. year. Yeah. It, no, it is. It is because it's like people's money and um, it's their livelihood, man. You know, like, some, some there are people, people who don't put food on the table because they're like, well, I gotta get right with God because I can't go to the temple. So y'all are eating yeah, well, saltines tonight, kids. You, <laughs> under the under, ask the, the neighbor for peanut butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> under the LDS paradigm, you are not worthy 
to go to the highest degree of heaven if you are not temple worthy and mm-hmm. you are not temple worthy if you're not paying 10% of your money. And that's a and lot I have a problem of money, with that. dude. Yeah, it's a lot of money. That's course. a yeah. lot of money. It's a ton of money. You know, I, I have a brother and, you know, bless his heart. He is so diehard. Like he'll get up at like six o'clock every Sunday for his seven o'clock meetings and I don't honestly I don't know what he does now he was like the ward clerk he might be the state like stake something or he might even be in the bishopric at this point I don't know I don't really talk to him about it but like he would he would show up at my parents house at like three o'clock you know for like an early dinner late lunch on Sundays and he'd be like yeah well I was in meetings since like 7 o'clock today and I'm like dude you work 5 days a week mm-hmm. you support 4 kids mm-hmm. um, all day like Saturday you have a day off but mm-hmm. all day or no Saturday you're probably preparing lessons or catching up with people in church to make sure they've prepared their lessons you know and then Sunday you're at meetings all day you're like totally away from your family and they talk That's so it. much about being with your family, being with your family, Spending and you're never your around your family. You're so always important. giving your time. No, that's a that's actually a. Super and I felt so bad for him, dude. <sighs> mm-hmm. New baby, you know, like four kids under the age of like six or seven at the time, you know, or it's just like, dang, man, like they would like for me, I was like a uh, like a scout leader for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I taught the um, the deacons. I was uh, the deacons counselor for like, is that what they call it? Deacons counselor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was the deacons counselor for like three years, dude. I don't even know why. I don't know that. But, um, and we would go camping and like all kinds of stuff. And I just remember always having to spend my own gas, put all the work on my car, mm-hmm. get my car ready, which, you know, you have to check all your fluids. If you're driving two, three hours out of town, you're driving out of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to make sure that you're fueled up, like your oil's changed, all kinds of stuff, man. And like, I would have to, um, I'd have to like take on the expense. And on top of that, it was my time and I can always make money. Money's not a problem. It's time, dude. I can't make time. Mm -hmm. And like, um, I always felt like they were asking me for more and more and more and more time. And as time progressed, I had less and less and less time mm. and it, they kind of phased themselves out in that aspect. Cause mm. it was like, no, I have a life dude. Like I, I have to like mow my yard. I haven't like, I work all day for my real job. Mm. Now you want me to go take a bunch of kids out into the mountains for like a, a day and a half. And you know, you're giving me a hundred dollars expense for 12 kids. Like, come on, that's mm-hmm. unrealistic. Like, what am I going to buy? Yeah, the Cheap budgets are super, super, super small. Super if small. You don't, if you don't spend them, they, they take them away. They take them away. Yeah. But so anyways, super, my yeah. rant's over, but, um, that was one of the issues that I had. Well, that's so honestly like a super sensitive subject with me too, is because there has been, you know, when you start, when, when you like, this is like, man, I broke down thinking about this. Like we, um, we spend so much time in the church and, and then so I, I went down the thought path of look if this is all we have like if this life is all we have um, it means all of a sudden you know because in the in the Mormon church it's like the belief is like 
we're going to be together with our family. I mean, if, if you're temple worthy and everything, you're going to be with your family forever, um, which is a whole nother destructive, like thought pattern because in the, in tangent, tangent in the LDS view, like right now. And this is the thing that I think breaks my heart the most of anything is that, um, the people that it's like, you cannot a hundred percent believe in the plan of salvation as the, uh, as you know, the Mormon church, the Elias church talks about it, about getting to the highest degree of heaven. You can't fully believe that. And also not fully believe that your family, like that isn't doing everything they should be doing, you know, according to LDS isn't going to be with you. So like in heaven, so it's hard because there's this unspoken like language of like I'm sad for you, you know, and I'm and you're you're on this path that's off and that you know we're we're deeply saddened because at the end of the day like we're not going to be together forever. Like you know Mormons do believe that if you're in the highest degree you can visit people in like a lower kingdom. So <laughs> I was literally just going to say take, <laughs> yeah. and I used to tell my mom all the time she'd be all worried about me. I'm like, "Yo, guess what? You can take that holy elevator <laughs> so, down take the one elevator or two right. levels and you'll you you can come hang out. I'll do lunch." Like I'll do lunch. Yeah, let's you know, <laughs> let's hang, but I'm going to live life cuz and and my reasoning behind that is Joseph Smith said that he would kill himself to get to the lowest to get degree to the in lowest heaven. Degree in mm-hmm. heaven. I was like, you know what? Earth's pretty awesome right now. Yeah. I'm having a great <laughs> life. So if um so if I'm doing a bad job, I'm still going somewhere cooler than where I'm at and I'm really digging it. Yeah, I'm still you know? I'm stoked. Yeah. And I would always tell her that and she'd always be like, Timmy, you know, like my you know, like a mom thing, like yeah. shrugs it off, but deep down inside she's crying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And that's that is the unspoken thing. She prays about me at night and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, you know, know like know, stuff I like know, that. I know that there's a lot of there's people that have been praying for me a lot too, you know, because um but I, I think the biggest thing I want people to know is like that I um, this has been a very sincere search and um, you know my heart is sincerely seeking the truth that's one thing I do appreciate about the church you can seek the truth anywhere but in the church <laughs> you can basically, basically be a, see- a truth seeker and and I have um you know, God knows my heart. You know, I really think God knows my heart and it's sincere and I'm doing the best I know how to do with the knowledge I have right now. You know, I really feel like I'm, you know, operating under that, you know, I'm, uh, um, it's, it's not cause like a lot of Mormons will say like, oh, he just wanted to sin. He left cause he wanted to sin. Like, no, like it, it's so devastating. You, you know, left because you wanted to live, bro. <laughs> That's really well, what it well, is, man. Honestly, no. I really set out on a on a path to prove everything right. Like I really did, and uh, I, um, you know, and, and it's it's kind of opened up. It's opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, just I guess mentally, I guess mentally being open to people and things and. Um, experiences that I, I wouldn't have been able to have otherwise. Um, you know, some, some very good, some, you know, not good. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, we're going to, 
talk about like ayahuasca in a minute, but um, my uh, I, that's the biggest thing, man. Is just I know because I was there. Like I I completely understand the LDS paradigm because I was a hundred percent in it, one hundred ten percent, and you do subconsciously almost look down on people like oh like they're not you know they don't have the truth or like we're the only ones with the true church like we're the only ones with the authority we're only you know which you know joseph smith didn't start actually talking about that whole priesthood restoration thing until years years later and there's a lot of holes there too but um yeah it's 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 hard you know it, it is traumatic it's traumatic when you have like that kind of paradigm explosion you know your worldview and so but i i don't know i just i do love so many people you know in the church and i, I i'm so grateful and for all of the experiences and the people and everything i've met i just i just have such a hard time you know because I've, I've gone back and and I, it's not that i won't ever go back you know i'll always be respectful but i'm not gonna be what, what you get the feeling of like when you start talking about this stuff it's like you know <laughs> stop like don't don't just don't you know and mm-hmm. people don't you know I've, I've lost friends over it like people say they won't treat you different but there's a meme it's like you know they uh this guy finds out this like military guy finds out his friend left the church and he's like all right bravo six four going dark like <laughs> all this yeah. like you have friends that go dark on you essentially yeah. that because they're like oh yeah. you know you become this, you know, outlaw, almost leper. Yeah. yeah because yeah, you're, you're outlaw, like, you're man. questioning things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's okay. Like if, if people, if my friendships with people are built on, you know, sand essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, then, okay. Like let them come and go. But, um, there are a lot of people in the church that I genuinely love very much. And, um, you know, and, and I, I'm there with you, man. Genuinely seeking, you know, yeah, there are a lot of great people. I had um, an interview with my stake president um, when I was in college, and um, he was like, "So, how do you feel about like the LDS Church? Like, how do you feel about this? Because I, I feel like you're kind of like lashing out, right?" And uh, he was he was a cool dude, and I told him like genuinely and just a hundred percent authenticity i told him dude honestly man i like the people but i don't like the religion i don't like the like the church but like i like the people and i think they mean well um but i just don't like church Mm -hmm. i'm just not religious and he was like you know what that's a really good answer. So if you ever have any questions, and he was super cool about it. He was like, dude, if you have any questions um, or you want to talk in private about anything you have, like any concerns about, just let me know. I'd be more than happy to address them. He was super cool, super honest. Um, and that was probably the only positive experience I ever had in the church when it came to interviews because the majority of people – you know, you would feel a little bit like uh, like you're just a bad person, but you also don't hear what those people hear. Right. You know. Yeah. So, and uh, anyways, yeah, dude, this was a great episode. What you need to do is come back 
um, and do like a third part, man. Just keep going, man. Keep, Just keep, keep rolling, rolling with, with it. it. Do like, because this is an hour and seven. Um, and your last part was an hour. Just break these up and do like segments. Do a whole series instead of like one long episode. Do a series. Keep people interested, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's. Because um, this is very informative and I think people are going to be it, very much engaged yeah, once you I, post it. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I appreciate that a lot, Tim. Um, I, uh, I think more than anything, like, uh, you know, I do, it's kind of a, it's kind of a lonely battle. I know there's a lot of people in the church that, you know, even, even family members, I know that, you know, they, they struggle with all this stuff, but it's a lonely place to be, to like, kind of know all this stuff and then, but still kind of trying to live, you know, you'll, and then it's like that, that Reddit post of that girl, she's like, I wish I could unknow a lot of this stuff because there is, there is a lot of comfort. One of the kind of like things I thought was like, there is comfort, so much comfort in ignorance. There really is sometimes. And that was why I made a disclaimer on this podcast. Um, you know, I didn't touch on like, I was like scratching the surface on a lot of this stuff, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's healthy to talk about, you know, it's healthy. There's a lot of people struggling with it right now. And, um, and, uh, you know, ultimately like I've had to just really reevaluate like where I stand and, and, and during the, when we talk about ayahuasca and stuff, like I, I had some other, I had like a life changing experience and, um, it did like shift my paradigm again, um, to, you know, um, we can talk about that, but I, uh, yeah, just, I, I, I want, I want to end on a positive note. Like the church has been a very, um, positive force in my life. Um, they value families a lot. Like there's a, a huge emphasis on, you know, it is touchy because if you have family that serves in the church, like you don't see them very much, but generally speaking for the membership, you, uh, you know, the, the common, it's very, it's very, uh, uh, taught, you know, to be a good father, be a good dad, be a good family member, you know, spend a lot of time with your family and, uh, you know, cause families are forever. You know, I, I still believe that. I still believe that families are forever. I don't think that you need to go to the temple to be with your family forever. Um, but, um, I, you know, I'm grateful like for the clean upbringing, the people, Um, and, and I am, you know, coming from a place of sincerity. This isn't like, I didn't want this to be like a, a bash on the church episode. It's just like, these are very real issues that I have a problem with, you know, and, um, and you know, there's, there is a lot more, but, um, at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, I've settled on like where I settled after a lot of this stuff is just love myself. Like I talked about earlier, like love myself, love others. Um, you know, and be a good person, not because like you're trying to be perfect, but you know, from the sincerity of your heart, you know, love people from the sincerity of your heart. So, um, we'll probably make a wrap there. Thank you. If you made it, if, if anybody made it this far into the, the podcast, congratulations, give yourself a pat on the back (laughs) and, uh, thanks for listening. Um, so anyways, so that set the context essentially for like all of a sudden I'm open to like, you know, let's try shrooms, let's try let's do, let's, you let's know, do drugs. Let's do DMT. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, cause you hear about like, and we can talk about this uh, in the next one, but like, 
you know, it just it, I do I wanted to set the stage for like being open to completely new experiences and uh, you'll see how I you know because I would never would have considered any of that. Yeah. Um, don't do drugs, but I never would have considered any of that. But also, prior. don't don't limit your reality either. Yeah, like if if there's yeah. truth, I want to know it. Like yeah, and, and I've you know been in kind of a rebuilding phase and um. Anyways, yeah, so I'll probably cut there. Dude, awesome. Right. Um, also, where can people find you, by the way? Like, Jeff, pages, like, I'm not like expecting this to this. go viral or anything. Well, but if people want to email in yeah, yeah. And, or have questions, questions for you, yeah. like, can oh, they man. find you? Do you have an email address or question. like Instagram yeah, or dude, Facebook hit me, or anything? Just hit me on Instagram, underscore Josiah, King Josiah, underscore, underscore. You can probably overlay that. Cool. Yeah. We'll yeah. throw it in there. It'll be in the links, everybody. Um, awesome, dude. Well, yeah, thanks. <laughs> It's a wrap, man. Thanks for uh, letting, letting us use your...